You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, hey, everybody. and Tom Marks. Scoop. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Shadows Die Twice, the teaser that is teasing something Bloodborne-ish or maybe Tenchu-ish. It's a little hard to tell. Mm. We'll also talk about the top 25 PlayStation 1 games as rated by IGN in 2002. Oh, boy. Not updated since. But first, our little baby, our little... Bundle of joy, the Nintendo Switch is turning one year old this Saturday. It's hard to believe they grow up so fast. Mm-hmm. Justin, you know. Yeah. You're a double dad. Yeah. This is kind of like your honorary third kid. Yeah. I know. That's what we call the Switch in my house. <laughs> is uh, one any different than zero with humans? Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. different. They crawl. They walk. Oh, walk. Okay. Well, that's terrifying. Start yeah. saying some stuff. Yeah, maybe. Do you think the Switch is walking? <laughs> it uh, can walk if you carry it around. Yeah. Yeah, you can walk, it take it out anywhere. Born, Once you get the Labo it. thing, it'll jiggle around. <laughs> uh, you made it. Literally walk at that point. If you guys haven't seen this, Tom used cardboard <laughs> and made uh, Labo uh, prototypes. They're sitting on his desk prototypes, right now, and one of yeah. them actually moved. It a very little bit. I think so. The thing I want to wait for is I think the problem was we didn't have the right like vibration thing that the game has. So mm. I want to plug in the controllers when we actually get the cart. I want to plug in the controllers mm. on my homemade one with the actual technology and see if it it works. Well, the Nintendo Switch turns one uh, this Saturday, March 3rd. Uh, we're going to get a cake. We're gonna, there's going to be a cake. There yeah. will be cake. There will be cake. <laughs> Hopefully the cake is not a lie. Pizza Everyone cake. is excited. Dave Browning, Gloucester, England, Gloucester. wrote in. 
Gloucester? Gloucester. He says, what's up, Pog Cameos? The Nintendo Switch turns one-year-old this week, and I, for one, cannot think of another console with a better launch year. Mm. Zelda, Mario Kart, Splatoon 2, Odyssey, the Nindies, the list goes on and on. Do you think Nintendo is able to keep up the stellar launch schedule into the second year? What would you like to see from them, and what do you expect to see from them? No, and I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's not the only one. Rachel from Trinidad and Tobago writes us again saying, looking back at the Switch's launch year, Nintendo released two of the greatest games ever made, broke sales records across the globe, restored faith in their company, and did all of that while innovating again with gaming hardware. Seems like year one was a whirlwind, and now that we're reaching a point of calm, I've been hearing a lot of skeptical chatter regarding the Switch in 2018. Can the Switch's momentum be maintained this year, or do you think that the 2018 lineup of new games and ports won't be enough to guarantee an equally or increasingly successful second year. P.S. Damon, Trinidad and Tobago is the full name of my country. It's a small twin island nation in the Caribbean. So I wanted to... I know that. So the islands are exactly the same? <laughs> this is... Twin <laughs> Not identical twins. We're just going to start another misnomer for the next week. I was just yes. going to say, yeah, before, we, before we answer these questions, we know that Trinidad and Tobago is one country. When we were saying you had to pick one, Rachel, that was a joke. Yep. Yeah. We're just joshing. And it sounds like a lovely country that I'd very much like to go to. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Especially this time of year. Um, Soccer tradition. So uh, the Nintendo Switch, year one, was it the best launch year ever for a console? Mm, It's up there. Definitely. It was a pretty great launch year. Like I was, I I remember back in, back when it was, I think it was like six months into the Switch, I was on NBC and we were talking about like, you know, Mm -hmm. how was the Switch's year? And like, I was kind of harsh on its lineup back then, but I think I've Mm -hmm. come around like... The fact that Nintendo made Zelda and Mario in the same year that they also launched a new console to rave reviews is, like, mind-boggling. And that their quality was so high. Yeah. Both of the the best entries in both series and years, I think. I mean, mean, they they said that in the the email, right? Like, these are two of the best games that I think I've, like, maybe ever played. And the same year, the same company on a brand new system is really impressive. It's hard. The year one stuff, the farther away you get from it, the harder and harder it is to, um, you know, just sort of parse out. Like, you forget, like, your memory gets fuzzy, right? Like, I love my PS4. It's my console of choice this generation. But its first year was, like, Killzone Shadowfall. Like, I don't really know. Like, it, it usually takes consoles a little while to find their legs. And then you're, you're able to forgive that slow early period as it finally gets to the point where, you know, you kind of want it to be or need it to be. I think- and when you go back to, like, NES... People didn't play the NES in the yeah. first year. They played it at the end of the first year, and then that second year where it actually mattered, it did have Mario and Zelda. There's all the weird well, trivia had- of like the gen- the Genesis like didn't launch with Sonic, and I mean '86 well, yeah. to the end of '87. Yeah, Genesis went like more, two years or more without Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a boxing game that everybody loved. Yep. Yeah. It's also crazy Alfred to think Beast. back to, to when yeah. the Switch was first launching, when it was first coming out. And like the big criticism of the Switch at launch was like, it doesn't have any games. Like, there's not really much to do with this. Like, when are the games going to come out for the Switch? And then it was like a few months in, everyone was like, all right, there's some good stuff. And then like a few months later, it was like, oh my God, please stop releasing games for the Switch. It's like <laughs> 20 like coming out. Every week, week, there's like 20 indie yeah. games. Would, you know what fills yeah. in the holes is that there's those indie games that we all gave really high scores to yeah. that are still mm-hmm. smaller, like Stardew Valley. Uh, or, or what's the horror game that came out? Uh, Outlast. Outlast. Outlast just yeah. Surprise uh, release. I mean, it's like those kind of things are like filling in these like crazy gaps to make it that year just feel incredible. The uh, the GameCube launched with uh, Smash and Pikmin, um, which were incredible. 
you know. What about Luigi's Mansion? And Luigi's Mansion. And it didn't launch with either of those. So that was well, the they problem. came year one, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's Sorry, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, I was gonna say. Pick and then, uh, and then Monkey Ball. So, mm-hmm. like for me, like the GameCube's up there is a very, very strong launch lineup. Star Wars Rogue Squadron Two. Yeah. yeah. So N sixty four was way thinner on content, but it had Mario Kart sixty four and Super Mario sixty four. And like, I don't know. Year. I think Shadows of the Empire was like maybe year one. Yeah, year one. So, mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. also pretty. Cruising strong. USA. <laughs> Cruising USA. That mattered. It did back then. Yeah, they've had like uh, you know these periodic temple releases, starting with Zelda. Uh, they had Splatoon two and Arms, and clearly very deliberate on there. Mario right. Kart, Mario Plus Rabbids, Mario Odyssey. But then in between all that, like you're saying, like every week there was at least one real gem. I think of an indie game release yeah. from uh, you said Stardew Valley, Night in the Woods, SteamWorld Dig Two. The caps of Mario and Zelda are just incredible to me. Yeah, though. I, I don't can't think believe that. Have happened. they ever done both in in one year, in year one? Before, think so. But but to the point of where do they go from here? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the downside, right? Like we got awesome Mario and Zelda games in one year, but then it's kind of like oh, like where? <laughs> like, but they're doing Pokemon. Yeah. Well, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon doing Me- Metroid doing Prime Pokemon. Four. I don't know if that's supposed to be this year. No. But oh goodness no. gracious! Fire no. Emblem is still supposed to be happening this year. I mean, although we'll get we don't Animal Crossing. You know, uh, yeah. is strongly rumored. I actually don't know where those rumors come from. Are those based off any kind of reality, or are people just assuming? <laughs> no, I mean those are just the franchises that we haven't heard anything about yet. Yeah, yeah. we know Dark Souls is coming. That's true. Forgot about that. This spring, I believe, right? Yeah. And that's, that'll be what'll make it or break it is like now that third parties, you know, it's hard to make games for the Switch, right? Because it's so underpowered compared to, you know, it's hard for them to port just like Red Dead Redemption 2 to the Switch or whatever the case may be. But if more developers find a way to get their third party software on that platform, then that's when we'll really see like if Nintendo doesn't have to shoulder it all themselves. Yeah. Wolfenstein 2 is supposed to come this year yep, for yep. it. Wolf. Yeah, so it's like true. Bethesda's taking it really seriously. Really yeah, they are. On. But that's always been kind of like one of the pitfalls of Nintendo consoles, right? Is like, I, I always like, I love Nintendo. I absolutely love Nintendo. And I've had basically every console they've ever made. But like, at, there's always a certain point kind of late in the cycle of that console's life where they're like, start to like run out of steam in a big way, I feel like. I mean, the thing that always indicated it to me was when I would like go to Blockbuster to rent games and like the Nintendo section would be like one rack and then they'd have like four racks for Xbox and four racks for PlayStation. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't feel like that's going to happen as much mainly because of all the incredible indies that are coming out for Switch. But like that is a real concern because it is a thing that happens a lot with Nintendo systems. I mean, we like Splatoon is not my thing. I don't dislike it. It's just not my personal taste. Sure. Um, but I, you got to give them so much credit for just not like they get accused of being the company of just Mario and Zelda, but they haven't been for like decades, right? Like Animal Crossing is huge. Pokemon yeah. is going to be gigantic on that platform. And, you know, Splatoon, although it's not for me, has been, you know, that really shored up their summer. Like mm. that ended up being a really great seller. And so, like we'll get a new Mario Kart eventually, you know. Like they they have more franchises than anyone, I yeah. think. Like they'll just cycle through. Like maybe we'll get another Mario or Zelda, probably Mario, if I were to guess, before the end of the Switch's life cycle. I think it's cool that one year in, we all just had a conversation about the Switch, and it was only about the games, and that we could have that conversation, and how positive it was because with the conversation when the Switch came out was all about the hardware and if people would care. It's crazy that and like, people so care, and yeah. I don't have a bunch of things. I'm like, wow, year in, I wish that switch would be different. Yeah. Like it's it has a good battery and, and and it feels fine. It's heavy. I want like certain things change, but I, I still play it all the time. You know? And that's the thing to me because the switch before launch was such a big question mark whether that like the hardware was going to be worth it or pan out or any of those questions. And like kind of it came out, and the answer was just like, yep, 
It's good. Yeah. It's great. It works. Yeah. I like taking it on the go. It works on the TV. Sure. Like, and people like, I look forward on. to playing trips so much more now. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's I like, what am like, I going to play? What am I going to play? And then I'll I just like, like put on my hear. I'll like pick something and like save it for the yeah. plane. And I get all excited about getting on the plane. Yeah. yeah. We, it is interesting that I do like the hardware a lot, but the software I think is actually a really big step back. I really like the personality of the Wii U and the Wii. It's like the, the interface you mean? And the like 3DS. And Nintendo really leaned into this sort you're of. You're talking about the operating system, right? Yeah. Software. Like, or just whereas the Switch could not yeah. possibly be more bare bones. And I kind of go back and forth on like, was that a deliberate mm-hmm. pullback on their part or was it just look like we got to get this console out the door? Like, yeah, focus on the games, not on the. It's one year later and online's not here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like any other company on Earth, that is a disappointment. Absolutely, and it right and it kind of worked in their favor. Yeah, think so? they put out these big single player games. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, I, um, I appreciate that, but I would also, you know, I mean, it's something to criticize, but it's not something that stopped everybody from getting switches. Yeah, like miss, that that strategy worked for them. I miss like the shop music and just yeah. the weird, just the quirkiness <laughs> is is absent. I mean, it doesn't even have an online browser yet. Mm-hmm. Like, is a very kind of simple, glaring absence in Netflix. that same way. Yeah, yeah, don't have Netflix. They have Hulu, uh, but then like the what they got payday. Two, mm-hmm. uh, recently, two. but there's no voice chat in that game, which yeah. hinders uh, your ability to to coordinate with a team yeah, as exactly. AA requires. Yeah, there's definitely still things like that. I mean, there's also the the thing about like the dock is still just kind of bad and clunky, and third party docks have solved a lot of the problems that Nintendo created. Did you get a third dock. party? Uh, I haven't gotten one yet, but I've been yeah. thinking about it a lot. The truth is, I played my Switch more on the train than I do yeah. docked. Um, but I know Philip has a really nice one that he has at his, as, at his desk that's like much simpler to use. The idea is that it doesn't scratch and then it's easy just to... to yeah, I think that Nintendo wanted to have a, a nice silhouette that looked like a console to sell. And that's why they did this upright dock that covers it on both sides. Mm. And the truth is they don't, like it doesn't need to be this big thing. It could be a much more elegant thing. And be so much party, happier to just plug an HDMI cable directly into the Switch and yeah. just sit. Remember yeah. how funny we thought it was too that they deliberately covered the screen. They're like, it's not two screens yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, like sweet. somebody, some like cool indie developer may want to use that spare screen, but they're like, no. Yep, we're covering it. Yeah, funny. Yeah. Do you ever use a touchscreen on the Switch yeah, for shopping? Interesting. Yeah, for shopping and like typing in like your password and stuff. I haven't played That's my Switch time. since Mario. I keep thinking, uh, so I own Darkest Dungeon on PC and on iPad, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, uh, I keep in the back of my head, if I were to go back to my Switch, that's the game that I might just pick up and run through again. The game is really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I played it again on Switch. Um, so my Switch is actually collecting dust right now, but I don't regret. I mean, I'm still, was still very happy with it for many, many months. So. I'm playing Owlboy and Stardew Valley and. Uh, Mario balloons. So those are the three things I've been playing. Oh yeah, Mario balloons is out. It's all like yeah. all those things like I've been kind of juggling and playing. It's like it's incredible to say that and like those aren't all huge releases that are out this week, but it's keeping me from playing the things that are out this week. I kind of forgot <laughs> about Mario balloons. What's cool. out this week? Well, Outlast is out this week. Yeah, but you're, you're probably not going to play that though. No. Uh, I'm very impressed with the Switch's first year. I'm very excited for uh, year two. I hope they can maintain that momentum. I know that we're, we're still waiting on some big announcements. But, uh, you know, in, every week there will be another 20 or so smaller games released. And there's, like I said, there's usually at least one gem in there. You keep hearing these news stories about, like, Super Meat Boy sold as many on the Switch as it yeah. did on Xbox yeah, exactly. in a year. And, like, every yeah. indie developer. And at some point that's going to end, right? Like, there's going to be so many indie games on the platform or people are going to tire of it. But yeah. for now, if you're an indie man, like, get your game on Switch. <laughs> like, cash in while, while they're, you I mean, know, ride the wave. And, like, I know we need to close this conversation. But, like, if they have an amazing virtual console setup where we can get so many yeah. games, which they say they're not. I'm, I'm already telling you guys, they said they're not doing that. Yeah. They're do, going to do a subscription service, but 
you know, that's another thing that could make year two really exciting. Should the plans change, which they say they won't. <laughs> uh, you don't think they'll do the virtual console just like like just do the same thing like that was so to me it was so valuable to have these obscure like TurboGrafx 16 games and Sega Master System games yeah. available legally yeah. and, and simply you know Armory N96 was yeah, my right. most played Wii game probably <laughs> <laughs> which one is 96 that was the TurboGrafx one 94 94 right? yeah Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Right. But uh, it's five player. That's all I. Yeah. That's the main thing I remember about it. Ninety two. It's not ninety six. No. Eve, well, both. I know of those, you're talking about that. Actually, it's really cool multiplayer. Both of those years would be pretty late for the TurboGrafx yeah. sixteen. Yeah. But. I always get confused. Donkey Kong ninety four. Yeah. Maybe I that's think what it's Bomberman ninety two. I think you're right. That sounds Who knows? A little bit. A little bit more. There's no way to know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Now, how could anyone know? <laughs> Moving on, remember uh, during the Game Awards in December, there was a teaser for something. The teaser itself, I think, is called Shadows Die Twice. It was a brief graphic, and then that text came up on the screen. So people call it the Shadows Die Twice teaser, and it's from From Software, so people are thinking maybe it's Bloodborne 2, another Bloodborne. Uh, but some other people have a, their own theory about what it could be, and it actually sounds a little bit more interesting to me. This is Mark Anchetta. He says, I've been watching your stream for a couple years now. Very entertaining, I must say. Get your yucks in because I'm emailing you from an AOL email address. Oh, yeah. That's why Damon <laughs> picked it. That's why. Uh, I, that's how I, I pick what emails we're going to read out. I've come across something interesting about Shadows Die Twice. I've been snooping around the interwebs and read on a few posts that the trailer wasn't exactly teasing Bloodborne 2. Instead, the trailer was teasing a new Tenchu game. A few things, uh, a few reasons why that may be. Number one, the writing in the background is a form of Japanese kanji written in cursive. Mm-hmm. Number two, there is a hidden kunai in the middle of that torture contraption rope thingy. Anybody know what a kunai is? It's That's that throwing star mm-hmm. that ninjas oh, use. Cool. Yeah. And number three, the title itself is a reference to a cutscene in Tenchu 3. It's not a shuriken? No, different thing. Uh, Nintendo 3, Wrath of Heaven, where Rikimaru talks about sending out his shadow and then later refers to himself as another shadow. Uh, That's a deep cut. Coincidence? Yes. (laughs) Also, next year will be the 10th anniversary of Tenchu Shadow Assassins for the PSP. That's pretty good. I'm excited for a new Bloodborne game, but I'm even more psyched to have a new Tenchu game come out for uh, current consoles, hopefully. And you've played Tenchus? Yeah. I like a back. Explain. Back in the day, it's a ninja stealth, like a kind of like a top-down ninja stealth game. I'm sure they would change it. Probably wouldn't be a top-down game today. Like Metal Gear style top-down. I mean like that style. I know it wasn't no, always top-down. A little bit more. The cameras up high. I think of te- one Metal Gear Solid one. Metal Gear Solid one. Actually, yeah, it's probably a bit more like. You know what that. I mean? Where it was really pulled out. Is yeah. that what it's influenced by? Didn't they make? Mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm only, I'm only on my phone because I'm trying to look up FromSoft. They made a shadow, like a proto Dark Souls game called Sha- Shadow Tower. There was another game that had shadow in the title. It's all. It was. It was basically like Dark Souls, but you had a gun. <laughs> and then there's 3D Dot Game Heroes, Souls. which I hope it is. You think the Shadows Die Twice is teasing 3D Dot Game Heroes Shadow too? Tower, yeah. They released... <laughs> that's what people... That's what, like, uh, Chloe Rad is, our resident Dark Souls mega fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, she keeps like, going crazy because everyone's speculating on what game game this is. And people, for no reason, think it's Bloodborne. It's like, they made a game called Shadow Tower. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Well, it's not for no reason. It's because everyone yeah. really yeah. wants it to be Bloodborne. And why, why would you make a different game? Yeah. It's probably well, so it can be multi-platform. Tenchu, Tenchu is a good bet, but Shadow Tower is I a mean, possibility. That was a convincing argument. I'm yeah. I'm sold. 
I would be stoked uh, if it were a new Tenchu game, although I would be a little surprised because Tenchu is not a very well-known name these days. But FromSoft can do what they want now. That's true. They've got that Bloodborne money. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would be stoked for a new Tenchu game. Uh, but he also has a question. Uh, which game from the past would you love to be remade or reimagined for today's consoles? Oh, boy. That's pretty open-ended. But it's yeah. obviously for all of us, all four of us here, Hudson's Adventure Island 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam speaks for us, yeah. But why 2 specifically? Because you can ride dinosaurs in it. You can't in the first one? No. That was in the, the first big... one, you just ride a skateboard at best. And that's hard. <laughs> and you can collect a bee. You can throw a rock. but like Or uh, an axe. But uh, yeah, two, you hop on all manner of dinosaurs. And they have big, cute eyes. I don't have the two franchises that I desperately want to come back. Maybe I just have Nintendo on the mind. Are F-Zero and Advance Wars. Yeah. And I don't particularly care for anyone to be you know remade or re-released. But just please come back from the dead in some form. So that would be two and three after Adventure Island 2. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. We've got a war groove coming. That's the yeah, that's still coming. That's yeah, still that's still coming. It's not quite Chucklefish. The same. It's kind of Advance Wars like, but fantasy. And there's an Advance Wars like called something Steel Iron something. Yeah, there's two um, of them. Oh, there's two now. No, it's one. Me, there's on war groove. There's two Advance Wars clones coming to Switch. Okay, war groove, and then that one. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was one that came out and then it was just okay. Is that not true? Yeah, there was. I'm just blanking on the name right now. And it was a spiritual successor. It was kickstarted. It was from, mm-hmm. I think, the original creators. I mean, and it I'm was a, like, fine. I'm an Advance Wars purist. And so I get like my eye twitches a little bit when someone's like, oh, there's these other turn based strategy games coming. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, it's not yeah. the same. Like, I ran an Advance Wars fan site and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, I want, I want the real thing. Do you want yeah. Monkey Ball back? Yeah, I want, I want Monkey <laughs> Ball back too. No yeah. motion controls, though. No, no motion controls and no <laughs> jump button. Oh, I'm gonna flip this table over. <laughs> what were they thinking? What's what was the name of the minigame mode where you like you roll down the big slide and then Monkey you target. like mo- you glide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Dude, let's hook up. Do we have a GameCube hooked up? No. We can. I don't have any we have so many weeks. Let's play Monkey Target. Uh Tom, what game you want either remade or reimagined? Uh I've got a really great bad one. Uh, I want yeah. the Goof Troop game from Super Nintendo. Whoa. They're on the island, the co-op one. Full disclosure. I almost picked that as this yeah, week's 20 questions, questions game. Oh, I almost man. did. Dang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want that game modern. Like, I think that... I never played that game. It's great. Yeah, Shinji it is Mikami great. made it. Huh? Shinji Mikami made yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like oh. out of nowhere. The creator um, of Resident Evil. Yeah. It's very strange, but it's a great game. It's um, like... So it's not like um, DuckTales or Rescue Rangers. It's more... It's like top down? It's top down. It's like pu- very puzzly. There's very... Like for Super Nintendo? I think so, yeah. 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 Maybe I'm misremembering that, but I believe it was no, a Super I think it Nintendo was. game. No, um, there is a Goof Trooper on Super Nintendo, but I don't picture it as a top-down game. But it's I didn't like, it was I was like, surprised, too. It was that top-down where it's like a little bit tilted. It's not okay. like straight top-down. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was this really cool thing where you had to like pick up items and like certain items could only interact with certain things. So you had to like, the map was like almost Metroidvania-y, even though it's way overused now. But like you would have to explore it and like get the right item to go through the right puzzle section. Like Fester's Quest. And, yeah. and as, as <laughs> just single Which is what I would like to have remastered. By <laughs> <laughs> the Adams uh, Family, Fester's Quest. And Absolutely. and as uh, single player, you control both of them and you swap, and then you could play two player where you're both going. And that game was great. Game was great. I think it would be right at home nowadays amongst other indies or even major. And also, like Disney has done a lot of cool stuff with like redesigning oh, yeah. Goofy and like their characters in recent years and like those kind of core characters. So I think there's a like way to do that same IP like in a very interesting, cool new art style. But nobody's making new games with classic Disney characters right now, are they? That's not a thing. Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> well, Kingdom Hearts, yeah. yeah. But not like true. a straight, like, no, Disney No, I don't, I don't think There's no, so. like, cool Disney platformers. Yeah. yeah. You know what I legit like is a, uh, a Goonies 
2D Metroidvania style game. Ah, okay. Like Goonies 2 on NES? Mm-hmm. Or Goonies the arcade but, game? But good. Yeah, but good. With mermaids? I, I Mermaids are perfectly acceptable. Uh, mine would be, uh, I think fighting games are kind of having a renaissance right now. So it's time to bring back Rival Schools mm. from Capcom. Mm. The high school fighting game where every fighter is a high school cliche. <laughs> you got the, the geek and the jock. Yeah, the photographer, the swimmer, the like ba- baseball Mansion. player. It's, oh, it's so good. How can the Who's geek fighting? hang with any of them? Doesn't the jock just... Just beats their asses. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we know it's not Goof Troop today. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> One down. Freebie. One down. Yeah, gave you a freebie there. Um, question for that. That was really good. <laughs> uh, let's share what we've been playing. Sam, you're saying you're playing uh, Mario Odyssey Balloons, uh, Owlboy, and... And Stardew. And still Stardew Mostly Owl, Owlboy, which Owl, I'm not where, as far as you are. Where are you in yeah. Stardew? Uh, year three, month two. Oh boy, you're re- almost. I got there. married. I married the mean girl. Oh, what? <laughs> Why? It was an interesting story. Okay. She ended up liking photography. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Startsy. Yeah, she's still mean to people. Yeah. I asked her to dance at the summer, the very first thing, yeah. and she, she just said ew. ew, and I was like, <laughs> I'm yeah. done with you. Yeah, yeah. lots I'm of never her dialogue. Talk to you again. Lots of her dialogue is ew. <laughs> <laughs> but we got close, and you know, started a farm. I actually didn't play any Owlboy this week. I played through more of Wolfenstein 2 last night. Uh, another like crazy set piece that I don't want to share or don't want to spoil for people who haven't played the game yet. But like yeah. that game is just like crazy thing after crazy thing. They packed so much yeah. into that game. It's really cool. It almost has like a deceptively slow start, even though that's on like an amazing Nazi submarine yeah. <laughs> yeah. ship or whatever. It's that, yeah. It feels sure. <laughs> And then, and then it just gets better. It's a little bit more conventional. Like that would have been yeah. the, the final level of another game. Yeah. But no. That's actually a really good way to put it. Like it opens on what would have been a previous game's <laughs> yeah. climax. Yeah. Uh, but then I also started playing Into the Breach this week, which Tom yeah. was saying he's been playing, and mm-hmm. that game is really fun. It's yeah. really cool. That's like the new one from the uh, FTL guys, which the developer's name is Subset Games. Subset Games. It's two dudes, and then they wow. f- they freelance some stuff out, but it's mainly made by two guys. And yeah, it's it's a blast. I've played probably like thirty hours now of it, yeah. and uh, not cool. not since it came out yesterday. But uh, can you play as the bugs? Week. No. No deal. I was just thinking about that this morning, that it would be cool if they had like some sort of mode in it that was like a, a flipped mode. Yeah. Try to destroy cities. But. That'd be fun. Yeah, so uh, it's got uh, pixel art style, kind of like FTL, and it's roguelite, but it's turn-based strategy. So it's a like a, rogue, a roguelite turn-based strategy game where you are like giant mech, kind of like Pacific Rim. You're like defending mm-hmm. the city from attacking kaiju. But it's on like it's kind of like a small playing field. Eight it's by like eight. Eight by eight. So, but within that small space, they end up they introduce a lot of variables, and there's a lot of different things to consider. And before you make your move, you kind of have to plan out you, how things are going to go as best you can, and then hope for the best. And then what carries over between rounds? The rogue likeness. So to, maybe Tom can explain this better. But uh, the hell the 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 lose condition of the whole of your whole like run is when the cities lose all their health and so you have to prevent the kaiju from attacking the buildings and causing damage if they deteriorate the city's health uh completely then your remaining soldiers will go back in time start over again but retain their upgrades Mm. but if you have no more soldiers left and it's just ai uh pilots operating your mechs when the cities are destroyed, then your whole campaign is wiped, oh. and you start over from zero. Is that, is that correct? Is that accurate? Uh, yeah. Can you reset the system before that happens? No. So, so it's when you die and you go back in time, you get to save one of your pilots, like you were saying. You that comes save with the, one. Yeah, yeah, and that comes if, with their upgrades. But you may not have any left. Uh, exactly, and you might not have any left. But 
the the kind of outside of the game progression is you unlock new mechs and you unlock uh, new like starting pilots. Okay, that yeah. you so you're never going to lose all of that. No, you always have three mechs, and you go into a run, and in it's it's kind of just like a thematic thing with the time travel that I really like, where it's like in a run of FTL, when you, when you die, you just lose and you start over, and you've unlocked some other things that you can now start fresh with. Um, there's no story tying that reset together. No, there's no story tying the reset together in FTL. It's just like you begin a new story. In this one, you're like, we failed. We got to go back in time and try again. And like, yeah. then you go back. And But the run is still like an FTL run where it's like you try and you win or you lose. And then you go back and you win or you lose and you go back. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. You get to see it's the great. time machine? No, the time machine is... It's like a time vortex opens yeah. up and you get like beamed out. Sam's asking the important question. It's not <laughs> like I'm interested in the, what the time machines would look like. It's 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 like they made I, I, one of my favorite ways to put it is like they made XCOM into popcorn. Like mm, yeah, it's, it's it's really bite sized XCOM missions yeah. in the FTL kind of structure. PC only right now, right? It is PC only. Put it on Switch. Right? <laughs> uh, put it all on Switch. On the Switch. <laughs> so they have those quiet couple, weeks in the fall. We're probably gonna yeah. get that on Switch. They That's have true. said a couple things about other systems they're bringing it to mac and linux for sure next they said maybe mobile and they said they don't have any plans for any other consoles right now because since it is a two-person team it takes them a really long time to do anything so if they're trying to port the game then they're not making new features or they're not yeah. fixing bugs FTL right FTL is five or six years old yeah do they've been working on this the whole time or i guess they ported that up and they you did know, the updated ad- it and stuff they did the advanced edition of ftl they did the mobile port of ftl mm-hmm. but i think they've been working on this for at least two years oh. is my vibe um great because i know that chris chris avalon is the writer of the game mm-hmm. you know chris avalon of Every yeah. RPG ever. He works fame. on every PC game now. Yeah, um, and he said that he actually did most of the writing for this game before he even started, or before he, they were even working on Divinity Two. And Divinity Two has been out, you know, out of early access for a number of months, and out for in early access for a year before that. So you have his contact information, Chris Avalon. Yeah, should we hit him up and about the Adventure Island idea? Oh, <laughs> hmm. I'll, I'll get in touch. <laughs> we have no, a killer idea for Adventure Island Two Point Five. <laughs> It's cool. At the beginning of a match, your mechs are dropped down, and then the people in the buildings, little word bubbles, would be like, oh, the kaiju are going to get it now. Really? <laughs> they cute little things like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then matches are only like five minutes long. Yeah, five turns. Mandatory. Every Basically, every uh, mission is a max of five turns. You have to survive for five turns. and then Justin game. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Uh, I love turn-based strategy games, and it's cool to see the roguelike uh, mechanics apply to that. But Justin, you've been playing a board game. Yeah, this is board game scoop. Yeah. Taking over. The logo <laughs> flashes on the screen. <laughs> board game scoop. Yeah. Um, no, I've been playing Gloomhaven. That was my birthday present to myself. It was my birthday a couple weeks ago. It's Ooh, the number man. one board name. game on Board Game Geek. Number one board game of all time. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Of I all think. time? Yeah. Like it replaced Better, like Catan or something? Yeah. I mean, it'll fade. It's because it's new. It's Better it's than Mousetrap? Yeah. Better than so Mousetrap? I think it'll Justin, eventually fall off Mousetrap? from number one. I, no one's ever actually played Mousetrap. Uh, when you're a kid, you get yeah, it half set up, then you get bored and go outside and yeah. play. Have you played Fireball Fireball Island? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know. I had, I had an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom board game. It was what? pretty cool. Can you so find that when you go back to I don't Kansas? know. I'll look for it. Gloomhaven, the box, is, <laughs> it's 22 pounds. It's what? gigantic. 22? Yeah. It's like, like not an exaggeration, 22? Yeah, it's 22 pounds. Oh, is and this what you guys have been tweeting at each other about? No, no. That's, that's Rising Sun. Yeah, it's different. That's only 15 pounds. Yeah. And it's, uh, scoop. it's like 140 bucks. Uh, 
Dude, it's awesome. So at its core, so it's like a lot of board games, very complex. There's a lot of interlocking systems, mm-hmm. but at its most basic level, uh, it's uh, you have miniatures uh, going on a dungeon dive and fighting enemies, and then you have cards in your hand that you play to determine what your miniatures do. So I'm going to play this card and this card, and he's going to move three pl- spaces and whack that dude with a sword. And obviously there's a lot of complexity and combos and stuff, but that's the basic element. But what really gets me and a lot of other board game fans excited is that it's a legacy game. It's a campaign game. So you make changes to your game world. Like on your game, it came with a sticker sheet where like you complete a dungeon. It's like, do you want to go here or here? And first of all, you X off that dungeon on your actual game map with marker. And then when you unlock a new dungeon or unlock a new play space, you put that sticker on your board and you're, you can path off in one direction where someone else that plays the game will go to a completely different set of missions. Wait, wait you ruin your game board? Yeah. <laughs> and you can level up like spend $140 on it. When you level up your character, um, you can uh, upgrade your cards and you put stickers on the cards that something that did three attack does four attack. You ruin now. your cards too? Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. Ruining them. It's, so it's you're upgrading funny. your characters? Yeah, you upgrade okay. your characters. And well, you. What about uh, the next time you want to use the map? No, like it's a persistent game world. So you can start a new campaign with new characters, but they'll be in that game world that's been affected and changed based off what the previous character So it just gets is. layers and layers over yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, and you uh, each character has a personal goal that's like drawn at random. It might be like my goal is to kill forty bears. I hate bears. I'm gonna kill them, or uh, <laughs> just stuff like that, like amass three hundred gold. And when you complete that personal goal, your character is uh, retired. You can't play with that character anymore. But each personal goal unlocks a new character class, hmm. and so it'll be like, okay, this character is retired, and then like you. That was crazy. But okay, I like who are I, you playing with? Uh, I do it by myself. I I, uh, like I set it all up for yourself. I set it all up on the kitchen table and just like mutter to myself and just lord over this. <laughs> Don't cardboard. you have a cat that just hops in the middle yeah. of it? I do it after my family goes to bed. Oh, Even the cat, the cat knows not to mess with the board games. That's good. So, the last the cat thing, doesn't know that that is not a rule I can even set. Last thing I want to say the coolest thing Swap. is uh, when you go back to town or when you go on missions, you draw a city card or a road card, and it's just a random flavor event like you meet a man on the side of the road what do you you know do you want to help him or you know rob him like stuff like that and when you retire a character you add new cards to the city's deck the city deck and the road deck and so you can draw like a character that you played as that retired can come back into the story as an npc like now they're just in town retired and like you can have little interactions with them as your new party as this person that you used to play as because when you retire it's like you know, maybe they donate something to the church or whatever, then that adds a new random event to the deck of cards. Plus, anytime you can pick up both cards and have them talk to each other. Mm, yeah, that's... You're in you, control. Ask me again in a year, <laughs> and then I'm just gone completely insane. Gloomhaven. Woo, boy. <laughs> Put it on Switch. Can you play it with other people? Yeah, it's meant to be. It's, you know, a solo co-op game. So you can play by yourself, or, you know, it supports up to four players. Um, can you do both? Like, can you start alone and then next time you play, like, have someone join in with you? Yeah, like, a lot of people are confused about, like, oh, you're crossing off missions and doing stuff like that. Like, you can jump in or out of the game at any time with any number of people. The only thing that is permanent is the state of the game world is affected mm. by what you do. You unlock achievements and then you uh, put stickers on your board for the different achievements you've earned and, like... <laughs> Based off your choices, the city can be under military rule or like democratic rule. And Have you been cheating at all? State. Yeah, oh yeah, I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I this d- does sound like a board game that wishes it was a video game, yeah. kind of weirdly. Yeah. Oh, that's I, interesting. It could be a CRPG. The, the city prosperity goes up as you do things, and then that unlocks more items for you to buy from the item shop. You put more items in the item deck. 
Oh. I'm with you. intense. I love that kind of stuff. It sounds like a video game I would play. Uh, <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. What's up? Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Blake A. Etheridge did. And he says, so I just picked up a PS1 and a Dreamcast. Whoa. Now I need to know what game the Omega Cops think are most are must-plays for these systems. And yes, I have checked IGN's website and couldn't find a top 10 list for these. Let's see what you guys can come up with. Damon found you those top 10 lists. Virtua yeah. Tennis. <laughs> Blake, uh, we do have top 25 lists for both the PS1 and the Dreamcast. However, admittedly, Scoop. admittedly, Scoop. our PS1 uh, list w- has not been updated since 2002. And are legible. But it's legible. But to be fair, no, no. what update would you have made in the, in the last? <laughs> yeah, here's the second part. I'm just saying maybe we, maybe we feel things need to be rearranged. Yeah. The Dreamcast list, though, is illegible. It, like the formatting is, it, it hasn't survived, even it, though it was updated in 2009. That's that's the down. Did Levi Buchanan do it? Uh, no, I think it was like Hillary and Eric Rudvig. Like IGN's Ryan been Gattis. online for 20 years. The oldest articles go back 20 more, years. More than 20 years it, now, yeah. Sometimes you go back and, you know, we've just migrated the site dozens of times. Yeah. Not dozens, but, you know, many, many times since then. And sometimes you'll go back and it's like, oh, this article is still all there. It's just words and you can read it. But sometimes they're just completely broken and we don't know why. Yeah. Frames. I blame it on frames. It's probably like, frames. It's like putting no in a sentence worse. in Google Translate and like translating it to Japanese yep. and then back to English and then back to Japanese and like mm-hmm. seeing what it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do at least have the top 25 PS1 games from IGN in 2002. You didn't even try to get the Dream... You can look in the back end and get the Dreamcast one. Yeah. No, I didn't do it. Sorry. We don't need to just get Virtua Tennis. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this list would have been put together by Doug Perry, Dave Smith, and a few other people who were before my time. Question. I don't even know those people. Uh, but number 25 is Tenchu Stealth Assassins. There it is. Oh. The original the original Tenchu there. Nice. 24, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, a game which I like very much, but I'm a little surprised. It's so, but right. I will say, if he's looking for real recommendations for PS1 games to get, like Super Puzzle Fighter is on other platforms. A lot of so these you don't are probably need to like... Final Fantasy Tactics. Ooh, mm-hmm. You can play that on other platforms. One of the all-time greats. But definitely one of the all-time greats. 22 is Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, mm. uh, which I'm sure Caleb Lawson would agree with. Also been ported. Uh, since PS1 to what? Uh, it's at least on iPad. Oh. But it's probably on other platforms, too. Uh, 21 is Medal of Honor, the original Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Weird. The last oh, Medal Oh, boy. The last Medal of Honor was in 2012. Medal of Honor Warfighter, I think so. I don't think Medal of Honor is a very good game. That's the first one that I've really disagreed with. That's a Steven Spielberg game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, 20 was Crash Bandicoot Warped. 19 was Siphon Filter, and that game is awesome. That was like, uh, I mean, it was kind of like um, a Metal Gear Solid ripoff of the time. But you had a taser, and you could burn people to death with it. It was great. What else do you need? Yeah. 18 is Final Fantasy VII. At this point, though, do you think you should just wait for the remake? No. Play that one? No? I hear the remake might be so overwrought that like, if you actually want a nice vintage game, and I've been asking about this because I've never played Final Fantasy VII, but if you want the actual good Final Fantasy VII experience, you still shouldn't play it on PlayStation 1. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a, You can play like one of the nice versions that's on PS4. It's, not a, right it's not a remake, or maybe it is a remake in the true sense of like it's got real-time combat. Like It's a completely different yeah, game. Like a I completely guess that's true. completely different yeah. retelling of that same sort of rough 
Mm-hmm. If you scenario, if you're playing Final Fantasy VII on PC, then make sure you install mods to get the original soundtrack and stuff like that. Because it doesn't have all, the original soundtrack. It's, it's like little things are different. Like little sound effects are different. Little songs are different here yeah. and there. It's very strange. The like and like end fight music is like a little bit wrong. And if you played original Final Fantasy VII and then you play that, it's just like feels awful. They George Lucas it mm, a little bit. Uh, Seventeen is Grandia. Grandia uh, JRPG. I've never played that one, dude. I know I people it. like it. It's. I don't know that I. I was about to say it's my favorite JRPG of all time. That I'm like, oh yeah, Chrono Trigger and other games exist. But uh, oh. Grandia is really truly excellent, and I will say it has the best battle system of any JRPG of all time. What's What's the uh, Twitter description of its battle system? Well, the Twitter descriptions are kind of long now, so maybe I need to. <laughs> so there's a timeline that runs along the bottom of the screen and uh it advances forward and when you reach the end of the timeline it's your turn to go but you can whack enemies and like knock them back on the timeline so then Mm. it's like a gamble like oh they're about to go and they're about to attack but if i can interrupt them it'll you know push them back on the timeline and like manipulating the turn order of when people get to attack and interrupting their attacks is a really really strong uh, risk reward system that carries you through the whole game Sixteen is Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, though that was re-released uh, last year, I believe. <laughs> Fifteen is Madden NFL 2000. Oh well, who could forget? <laughs> it's the best Madden yet. Apparently, that was a pretty good one. Fourteen is Silent Hill. That one's really good. I don't know what the best way to play that game is today. Mm-hmm. The original Silent Hill. Good question. Thirteen is Wipeout XL. Twelve is Driver. Remember Driver, where oh, you were yeah. like an undercover cop posing as a getaway driver? I think. Yeah. What is it? Top down. In that early uh, I don't state, think so. I think Driver Three was the one that was like 3D. I think yeah. Oh, so the original Driver PlayStation okay. One, like there's no 3D. That's not true. Like uh, Gran Turismo, is not yeah. PS One. Yeah. Like open okay. world, like y- yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, but what about uh, GTA? That was top down on PS One. GTA Three? It wasn't on PS One. It was on PS Two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Eleven was Tekken Three. And that was like a that was definitely a phenomenon when it was released back in the day. I don't know what it is about Tekken Three. Like everyone on Earth owned it and yeah. played it. Like I'm not a fighting game guy, and for some reason I don't even know where it came from or how I got it. But I had a copy of Tekken Three that I played all the <laughs> time. I always played as Gone. Those were ubiquitous. Same. Yeah, uh, that was like the second wave of like yeah. Like That's when I got super my popular fighting games. Really, uh, Ten is Ridge Racer Type Four. You don't think that was a 3D racing game? No, it was. It's just they're all in tracks. In the Driver's open world tracks. is what Sam's getting at. I get you. Nine is Street Fighter Alpha 3. Eight is Ape Escape. And Ape Escape is really fun. Escape yeah. dope. That's what introduced the uh, DualShock yep. That's another one that would be mm. good to bring back. Yep. Like modern remake. Bring back Ape yeah. Escape. Mm-hmm. What do you do in Ape Escape? Catch apes. <laughs> They've escaped. But uh, you, need to use, get out? you need to use fun gadgets. Yeah. Okay. That show off the dual analog sticks of the like DualShock Lemmings? controller. No, no it's, it's 3D. 3D. It's like a it's 3D like almost 3D? Mario-esque. There's apes getting up to hijinks in the 3D levels, and then you run around and you go and catch them with nets and shit. And then later on, you get but other you might, gadgets to like. Where do the apes live? Well, it's diff- they've escaped to different areas and but, even like, different are they time. From a periods. laboratory or a zoo? Yeah, they've or? escaped a laboratory. Laboratory that made them kind of put smart. them back in the laboratory. Yeah, maybe they've all got go. like little. They made them smart. Yeah. yeah, they are wearing. There's cyanide. no way you should be <laughs> catching those escaped apes. <laughs> Let them be free. Uh, number seven is Final Fantasy VIII. It's a little. Uh, I probably wouldn't put that above Final Fantasy VII myself. No, uh, number six is Vagrant Story, mm. which I think I didn't play the original, but there was a Vagrant Story on DS. Is that true? Vagrant Story is a cult classic. It's one I never got around to, but you know, people that play it insist, you know, that it deserves to be placed at the top of anyone's top list. Zach Ryan loves that game. 
Yeah. Number five is Resident Evil 2, which they are remaking. Capcom is remaking that one, just like they did with Resident Evil 1. Number four is Tony Hawk 1. Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd put two. Yeah, two or three. But they were already nostalgic for one then. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's Why one over two or three? Let's get them on the phone. Three I played on the next generation. Maybe, oh, one, maybe, consoles, yeah. maybe one is better than two. I don't think so. Mm, I don't remember. I think, two, I think two is the one you remember. Like, I yeah. think t- if you go oh, back we and played one. I, no, no, I think if you go back and play Tony Hawk one, you'll be like, oh, this was okay. And then you go play Tony Hawk two, and you're like, oh, this is this is the game I remember. I don't remember, I don't remember yeah. if it's two or three that introduced, you know, the manual and just some of the abilities that just let combos go on forever. And really, yeah. highly skilled players really yeah. separate themselves. Well, then in a that. twist, uh, two must be the next one on the list. Nope. <laughs> two, uh, the next one is Gran Turismo two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Above the original Gran Turismo. Then number two is Castlevania Symphony of the Nights. Nice. Which, yes. I can guess what number one is. In all. Another Konami game. In all seriousness, uh, something you definitely should play. And then number one is, of course, Metal Gear Solid. But I would recommend, if you just got this system, that you should play Castlevania before any of those other games, including Metal Gear. I probably would, too. Castlevania Symphony of the Nights. I don't think Metal Gear is easy to get into. It's my second favorite game of all time. After Metroid. Yep. It's a Metroidvania. It's the Metroidvania. (laughs) I was able to hop in and play Symphony of the Night after never experiencing it in the PlayStation 1 era. Just fine. But when I tried to play Metal Gear, I was like... This game's really hard to play and weird. Yeah. And also, Symphony of the Night is, uh, you know, very fairly remembered for its, you know, atmosphere and soundtrack and for uh, making Metroidvania a thing. But that game was like really RPG like. Like you oh, yeah. could equip different weapons and armor that like changed your character build in really meaningful ways. And I think that's like an overlooked portion of what made that game part of a classic like yeah. one person might play that game you know sword and board and another character might play it really differently and with alu- the jewel knuckles yeah like their alucard okay. would feel really different and there's guns right maybe <laughs> not in symphony there's actually. a lot of weapons there's an aria of sorrow yeah. i always played with a shield that did damage whenever it touched enemies and then That's it was cool. you had to get right up next to him and like rub them with the shield mm. I would recommend two more games that are not available on any other platform. They haven't been uh, re-released or remastered or anything. That would be Einhander, mm. that was just a, which is a Squaresoft 2D shooter when Squaresoft was like experimenting with other genres outside of JRPGs. And it's excellent. It's very, very cool. And then also, of course, Rival Schools. Oh, I thought you were going to say Um Jammer Lammy. Um Jammer Lammy is the sequel to Prapper the Rapper. Uh, just a fact. There's an actual <laughs> sequel to Prapper. If you... Uh, well, then, yeah. If you want a game that kind of doesn't have, uh, you can't get the experience of anywhere else but the PlayStation One. There's the Monster Rancher game. Yep. You guys remember that? You would. Yeah. Because yeah. Monster Rancher story, TV. Tom. Yeah. That yeah. was one of our twenty questions that nobody would have ever gotten. Oh really? <laughs> Controversy. You guys got to bring that earlier. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. The mo- yeah the Monster Rancher game is uh, that game's great. I-, I mean that was one of the games. Yeah. For full disclosure, at the time this list was made in two thousand one, I was ten. Mm-hmm. So like my memory is selective in the games, but I very distinctly. Freaking, remember freaking out because if I put the soundtrack to the Little Mermaid right. in as yeah. a disc in this PS1, you would get a very specific monster that was like aquatic themed that you could only get from that disc. For yeah. those who don't know, I'm going to sound like a crazy person talking about this. That's yeah, fine. Monster Rancher, you would literally, like, the, the thing about Monster Rancher in the anime is that they would unlock these monsters from stone discs. And so the game, you would open up the system, take out the game disc while it was running, which also blew my mind as a kid, put in literally any other And if other you needed CD. to stop the spinning disc, you just put your finger on it. Okay. Yeah. That was the best feeling. Yeah. And it leaves a nice line where you left off, so you know where you left off. And then you could put in literally any other CD, and it would give you, it would read that disc somehow, give you a monster based on something in the CD, and there were specific 
game or Easter egg CDs games. that were Easter eggs that would give you specific things, and it was because like Sony was the publisher yeah. of that soundtrack. Some and holiday so, CDs would give you like you know yeah. Christmas themed monsters. Yeah. Wait, do you think that one wasn't a coincidence? No, that one that one was not a coincidence. That one was like and it was for the soundtrack. Yeah, it was like Sony. I, this is what I remember. The Little Mermaid. Wrong. If Sony published the soundtrack of the Little Mermaid is what I remember, and so they they specifically cool. pulled out that thing as a thing. Here's and what like, I hope. Everything's I hope that, better downward. I hope that everything Tom has said on GameScoop this week is a lie. Yeah. There's no Goof Troop game on <laughs> SNES. <laughs> that whole I hope so Monster too. Hunter anecdote's not true. We'll never yeah. know. Your mileage on Monster Hunter may vary depending on how many CDs you have uh, yeah. lying around your That's house. I wonder if Blu-ray would work in that. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what are some Do you quick- want that series to come back? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> what are some quick uh, Dreamcast recommendations we would make? Virtua Tennis. Virtua Tennis. Skies sure. of Arcadia. I was going to ask Skies if you'd recommend Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, I mean, Legend on the GameCube. Le- yeah, the GameCube version's better, but still good game. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is on Dreamcast, and uh, man, the sprite work is so excellent. Virtua I watched Zach Ryan play yeah. Sonic Adventure for about an hour, and it's the Ugh. funniest, yeah. stupidest game. Yeah? Yeah, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> and I like Sonic games. I'm not one of the people that don't like Sonic games. No, one of those. That one is really bad. Uh, Jet Set? Jet Set, which one? Radio? Jet Set, Jet Set, Jet Set Radio, and then Jet Set Radio Future was Jet the, Grind? Like the or Jet Grind. Was Jet Grind Radio the original? I can't remember which the original. I get the mix up too. Jet Grind was the original. Okay, people, people. And then Jet Set was. Flip their the, wigs for Crazy Taxi. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy Taxi is a great call too. Yeah, but I yeah, keep going back true. to, like, I played Crazy Taxi on the GameCube and I played Jet Set on the Xbox. So it's like the Dreamcast <laughs> is a little bit of a console out of time in that way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they also have Project Justice, which is the sequel. To rival schools. What about uh, Power Stone? <laughs> yeah. Power Stone yeah, Power one Stone. and two. Yeah, those, people love those games. Yeah, yeah, those I've are like a, a different type of like, like a brawling uh, multiplayer game. We uh, Blue Stinger is one of the first video games I can remember seeing where I'm like, games will never look better than this. Blue Stinger. Yeah. We did it. And if you look at it now, it's <laughs> it's horrible. But yeah, the Dreamcast is home to many. What about Shenmue. Well, they're remaking that one too. I don't know. Well, they're making Shenmue three. Are they remaking? Oh, that. Well, I think they 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 announced remasters of one and two. Yeah. Uh, And then the Dreamcast, like the Sega Saturn before, it is home to many great arcade shooter conversions like Ikaruga, Mars Matrix, Twinkle Star Sprites, Gunbird Two, and Gigawing One and Two. And that's just Gigawing. Just a sample of a really great. And I hear Typing the Dead is really fun. If you have a if you have a keyboard ready to go, yeah. Which I do, and I've still never played Dreamcast. Never played any Dreamcast game, Mm-mm, but sure. I have one and a keyboard. I just don't have any games. The Dreamcast get Project Justice. We'll play. I sure. think that was the last console I can remember. We've talked before on the show of that wonderful feeling of waiting, you know, several years to get a console, and you get it really cheap, and you get a bunch of games, and just on the cheap, you have like ten new things to play through, and uh, that was my Dreamcast experience. Got it right at the end, like the console's like fifty bucks, you know, and, and that's just... why the Dreamcast died. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now every other console I buy at or near launch. All right, moving on. This is Dwayne Welty in Columbia, Missouri. Represent. Cool. He says, I've been visiting IGN for over 20 years. Well, not over. You must have remembered our, uh, our list of yeah, top 25 <laughs> PS1 games. Right. Uh, he says, your show is my rock. It's been there for me through career changes, marriage, buying a house, having twins, all of life's little adventures. So first and foremost, thank you. Thank, Aww, you, thank you, Dwayne yeah. Welty. We're doing nothing up here. Second, I have a question that's been nagging me for quite some time. I've heard over and over that video game companies don't do pixel art anymore because it's just too expensive. Mm. Instead, they opt for an artistic 3D style or gulp 2.5D if they don't feel like selling any copies. But how does this jive with the thriving indie scene where developers produce fantastic pixel art games on small budgets with even smaller teams? Mm -hmm. There's obviously a market out there for this style. I know I'm not the only 30-something that can't get enough. 
Shovel Knight and Axiom Verge are my favorite games of the past 10 years. I will choose Pixels over Polygons every time. Same. So, but I don't think expense has anything to do with the reason why Activision and EA uh, aren't making pixel games. I mean, but I definitely think they just don't employ 2D artists anymore. Like, that expertise is not in the building. Well, yeah, but I also think just the general video game audience is expecting something a little more realistic. In Call of Duty and in Destiny 2, well, you think they I, get away no, with doing pixel I, art? I think he's talking about, like, uh, like Mega Man, you know? So, like, or, Mega Man 11 is not using pixel Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah, but here's the thing, is that there are new art styles being used, like in Limbo and stuff like that, which are, you know, as artistically interesting as something that would now be, like, retro-looking in pixels. Like, you have to choose your style. Yeah. And they're not just choosing realism, which is good. We get all kinds of aesthetics right now. We get Cuphead is an aesthetic that I think is much more cool and interesting than pixel art now. I think that's, like, I vastly preferred that if I, you know, had to say, like, what's the coolest looking game that came out last year to something like, you know, Alboy. Well, but there's also, there's also no shortage of great pixel art available right now with Alboy and Celeste and Into the Breach. I mean, like, the the list just goes on and on, right? So, we're not hurting from that. But, yeah, it is by and large from Indies. Well, I I just think it's interesting to... To hear this, because I I agree that like I I would always want a pixel art game over something that's sort of blocky and looks kind of half baked in terms of its 3D. Um, What's an example? What was like the Nintendo 64 games? Well, the fa- oh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, My, yeah, that's the exact example I was yeah. going to give. Mighty Number no. Nine is a game where I think they went 3D and then couldn't quite pull yeah. it off, mm. and it just ended up looking it games that look like that go get dated much quicker than a pixel art game. A pixel art game will look good. Celeste is going to look good. It's not going to get dated 10 years yeah, from that's now. That's true. Um, but the interesting thing is, one, one of the things that came up in our both our Iconoclast review and our Celeste review was there were, there were a lot of commenters who said pretty much the opposite, who were like, you know, I, uh, pixel art, this is a pixel art game. Pixel art is lazy. Pixel art is cheap. You, no game that has pixel art should be considered for getting a 10, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. So it's it's interesting to hear somebody say, I love pixel art. I I would rather more things be pixel art when there's actually a lot of people who say the opposite too. So I think it is really a, a preference thing too. And there might just be companies that don't want to do that. You know, like mm. you said, Ubisoft is not a company that's known for pixel art games. So maybe they just don't want to mess with that. There's a, it's interesting to see sort of the arc that this has taken where pixel art was uh, gone, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was completely absent. And then, you know, Indies brought it back. But now it's sort of like run its course again. Like people look at the style of a game like Celeste, and you know it's a little bit more. It's not enough anymore, right? Like um, that game is very pretty, and I like its pixel art style. But um, it does feel not nearly as special as it would have even four or five years ago. Like there's a glut of yeah. you know samey looking pixel art. You know, sixteen vaguely sixteen bit ish. That is really popular. Two you know, D right indie game. Yeah. It's there, getting there very was, hard to differentiate yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a console lack of those games, but the DS was technically all pixel mm-hmm. art. Add Yoshi sure. Touch and Go it looked exactly like Super Nintendo. And the GBA was also. Mm-hmm. And so there's always been people making sprite based games. All the Kirby games. That's <laughs> so what WayForward does, games. right? Yeah, WayForward, all of their games. It's just like consoles that it got rarer and rarer and now it's back in, in force for sure. I think uh that what's 
would be really interesting is to see people not just use square pixels to make games, but try to use them in the ways that were actually limited by the systems that they were on. Because yeah, now Shovel you Knight's get games really like Shovel Knight or yeah. Owl, Owlboy, mm. which are like absolutely beautiful, gorgeous games. But like, there's no way you could put that on a Super Nintendo because you can't put that many colors on screen. That's really yeah. fascinating. I love uh, reading discussions about that and reading about like Gamasutra or GDC talks about that, where we call these games 16-bit, you know, knowing full well, that's a shorthand for like an art style in an yeah. era, right? Knowing that on an actual 16-bit console, like there's way, like the pixel density is way too high or they're displaying yeah. way too many colors for that to have actually been pulled. A character is on screen, you know, so it, it is kind of like a have your cake or eat it too way. And, you know, someone like me that grew up on those games can re-experience them, but without those limitations. But in some ways it's not like, to your point, like maybe it is a little bit unpure to like what was actually true. Well, it's an aesthetic it. now. It's a, it's just yeah. it's a way to display stuff that's just like cell shading or just yeah. like black and white. It's just something you choose to make your games with. Actually, really like I I don't think I think maybe the next wave. I mean, what do I know? But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the next wave was more like mixed medium where you know pixel art mixed with other like I always go like back Paper to Paper Mario. Like Paper Mario, or it's a weird example, but um, uh, Zelda Four Swords was, you know, a top-down, 16-bit looking Zelda game. But when you would kill an enemy, they would disappear in a puff of, like, modern-looking, like, purple smoke. Like, it looked yeah. like the smoke from, like, Wind Waker. And, like, seeing more contemporary and juxtaposition yeah, of, like, the And, of course, Mario Odyssey did all that. Mario Odyssey is a really much <laughs> better example of that than I just gave. But there's, I, there's I think a couple, we're going to see more playful mixtures of old and new. There's yeah. a couple indie examples of that too. Duelist, which is now actually, uh, it's a card game that made by Counterplay Games that also now has got picked up and is being published by, uh, I think it's Bandai. Mm. Bandai Namco. Maybe I'm wrong about that, and I apologize, apologize if I am. Anyway, uh, that has pixel art sprites. All the characters are pixel art, but it's these kind of beautifully hand-painted backgrounds. Uh, the other one is Full Metal Furies, which is the new game um, from the Rogue title. Legacy developers. All the sprites. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Man, I love Rogue Legacy. Yeah, Rogue Legacy is great. Full Metal Furies is a real fun game, too. It's kind of a mm. brawler, Castle Crasher-style game. All the sprites, all the interactable things in that <laughs> game are pixel art, and it's on hand-drawn backgrounds. So I think you're right that that's starting to come into fashion more as as people start to figure out how to do it mm. well. Because it is a thing where if you do it badly, it can look really yeah. bad. Sam's exactly right. I don't know how I overlooked Mario Odyssey. Like, that's a perfect example of a big AAA game getting playful with, you know, yeah. uh, trading on its roots while also presenting something new and fresh. All right, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Uh, our, our suggestion this week comes from Matthias Mondo, and it is not Goof Troop. Not Goof Troop. <laughs> that's a freebie. Not Goof Troop. Is it Goof Troop? No, wait, no. <laughs> and that's been... Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, does your character speak? Um... He was prepared for the hat thing. Yeah. Your character, I don't... Does Goofy speak? He does, but Pluto, I don't. I, Pluto does. I'll that. just. I'll give you that one free because I don't know if your character speaks. All right, so we're back to square zero. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm. You, I, you yeah. can keep asking until you I'm get right. one that you can answer. That's fine. We can move on. Uh, was this game? Uh, um, is this from before 1990? No. Uh, is this game in a? Is this? Mm, 
So I need to ask a context question real quick to you guys. Does he only do older games generally? Or? No, it's a mix. He does it okay, all okay. Place. Then, then I'll go, is this game from either this or the last generation? So Past two generations. Past two So that's PS4 and 3. Yeah. No. Okay. But I, okay, so now I'm all kinds of messed up. Uh, so it's not from the 80s or 70s, but it's also not from like the 2010s, give or take. Um, yeah. PS3 is 2007. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Okay, is this? Uh, was this game released in the 90s? Yes. Okay. Was this on an, a Nintendo platform? Yes. Cool. given you tom was this game so on 90s a, 90s that's 90s is just n64 and snes yeah was this game on a 64-bit oh, that's nes game boy oh okay, 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 boy. okay yeah, yeah. was this game on a 64-bit console that would be the n64 no okay oh i see what was tripping you up there what is it like maybe the ps1 or something was 32-bit and yeah i was trying to be cutesy but then i got too <laughs> clever with it so it's probably, it could be handheld, but that means it's most likely SNES. Guys, mm-hmm. I think it's Goof Troop. It's, we could are. Be. <laughs> could be. He didn't know if the character talked. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, is this made in Japan? Yes. Mm. Is it a first-party Nintendo game? Is it a first-party Nintendo game? No. Okay. Is this a SNES game? Did this game release on the SNES? On. Was this game on the SNES? No. Ah, so it's not N64 or SNES. Yeah. And it was made in Japan. So it's what, Game but, Boy? But we know was it. This on the, yeah. Yeah. Was this a handheld game? No. So it's late NES. He did it to us again. Yeah. Oh, man. Was this a late NES, NES game? No. Oh! That's 10. Oh! So I thought it was a Nintendo. Wait, wait, wait. You asked but if, it was released if it's on a Nintendo system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we okay. So we don't know if it's yeah, Nintendo... Uh, okay. But wait, wait, but it's not 64. It's not. Damon's a jerk. It was on like the Wii U virtual console right, or something. Right. Okay. No, no. Wait, no, why would that be? Because we eliminated all the 90s Nintendo consoles. No, we must not have. <laughs> we did, okay. So we did NES, SNES, Game Boy, and all handhelds. Mm-hmm. And we did N64. And the GameCube didn't come out till the 2000s. So there's still Virtual Boy. Unless, is, is he getting us on a technicality? Was this 64 not technically 64 bit or something like that? It was. Okay. Okay. I mean, I take I b- appreciate your line of thinking, but Game Boy Some, sometimes so could have been Virtual Boy. Sometimes games are released for more than one system. Here we go. In different years. Oh, okay. That's what I yeah. mean. Yeah. So it's it's probably a came out on something else in the same way that Final Fantasy VII or came is out. Is this on a sixteen-bit game? No. We wait, wait, wait. I think it was probably a late in sixty-four game again. That's what hosed you the episode I wasn't. No, on. but you said it was on a sixty-four bit yeah, system. You're right. We Is did. this a sixteen bit game? No. No, but we already know it's not on the SNES. That doesn't matter. It came. It, it could have come to the Virtual Console on the Wii, and it could be on the Genesis or TurboGrafx sixteen. So we just eliminated TurboGrafx and Genesis. Okay. I don't. I'm <laughs> Does that mean it could still be PlayStation? I don't know. I don't think any PlayStation games. I don't know. We've asked 11 questions. I know absolutely nothing about this game. (laughs) (laughs) Except it was made in Japan, not by Nintendo. I mean, it could be Final Fantasy something. Was this on PlayStation? No. Why do you keep asking these questions? Because we need to know what console it's on. (laughs) How are we going to get the game if we don't know what console it's on? It's from the 90s. (laughs) Okay. Seriously, like I don't know how to go about this. Yeah. I'm blanking on what else could be in the 90s. 
Uh, it could be on uh, Dreamcast. Mm. It could be on uh, 32X or Saturn or... We know it was made in Japan. Mm-hmm. It could be helpful to know if it was like Konami or Capcom. It could be Arcade. Or Arcade. It's like back in that era, it's like all Konami and Capcom, right? Sega, maybe. Mm. I'd, I'd, yeah, it could be. I, guess I, would, I would still go for systems. If you guys don't want to go for systems, that's fine. Was I don't this, know how we're going to get it out of Was this game made by Capcom? No. <sighs> so the, it could have been an arcade game in the 90s that then came to a Nintendo console later, right? Like that's yes. what we've de- determined? Yes. Okay, okay. Then I'm just going to ask right. it. Was, was this an arcade game? Yes. Okay. Okay. Teenage so. Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Turtles in Time. Yeah, or the Simpsons <laughs> game. Was this a licensed game? No. So Crazy Taxi? Uh, Crazy Taxi did well. Did Crazy Taxi come to event? Yeah, Crazy Taxi, Soul Calibur, mm-hmm. uh, Tekken. Yeah, yeah. just ask if it's a fighting game. Yeah, is it a fighting game? No. Okay. So you got racing. You got. Is it a game where you're fighting the traffic? That's not an actual question. <laughs> <laughs> is it a driving game? Yes. Okay. Oh arcade, boy, arcade driving game. That Three came questions out, left. That came out later on, on a. Cruising USA. Nintendo no, system. but it's not in 64. Yeah. San Francisco Rush, or one of the Rush games. It sounds like Crazy Taxi. But that was made in America. Crazy Taxi was made in Japan. It does sound like Crazy Taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this made by Sega? Yes. Okay. We get this. <laughs> yeah. We don't deserve it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, does, well, but, but, I, I'm, question. Look, does this game have licensed music in it? In yes. It? Okay. Is it Crazy Taxi? Yes. Hey! It is Crazy Taxi. Oh. Hit arcades in 1999. And we mentioned it earlier. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it would have never got there if it wasn't already a goof on the show. Uh, hit arcades in 99, Dreamcast in 2000, and then came to GameCube and PS2. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, after that. I think doing That's that whole on. roundabout system thing really helped because you had to know mm-hmm. it was an arcade that came out on a Nintendo system later. Yeah. That's, that's super specific. Yeah, we did it. To Soul Calibur and Crazy Taxi. It could have yeah. only been those two. It was that's all it. planned. <laughs> was, that was a plan from the beginning. I'm glad you guys got there. It was going to be terrible if uh, you didn't get there when we talked about Crazy yeah. Taxi yeah. on the show. Yeah, but it helped that we eliminated Goof Troop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once Goof Troop's out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was so worried when it's like two questions and we're like 95% sure it's Crazy Taxi that you were going to be like, nope. It's, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think like what other racing games was Sega making, like some sort of yeah. Sega off-road. Uh, 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 like, out, it's Taxi out, of the what's Dead. What's it called? Outrun? Outrun. Outrun, outrun, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's probably no, an Outrun no, 2000. The, no, Namco does the Hang On. Is that what it's called? Super Hang Super, On, yeah. That's Sega. That is Sega. Oh, boy. It could have been Super Hang On. What was the, uh, like, Space Harrier? Uh, yeah. Also Sega. We those just, are all 80s we're games. We're just checking that so out. So it's good we did the 90 yeah. thing. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have to get those. You guys got there. Well played. What's Ridge Racer? That's what I was thinking of. That's Namco. Namco. Okay. Yeah. And is, was that on Dreamcast? No, that started on PlayStation yeah. 1. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, thank you for the suggestion, Matias Mondo. If, yeah, that's uh, a good one. If you guys have other suggestions, make sure to either email them to me at gamescoop at IGN.com. That is all of the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tom. Everybody uh, play some real fun games this weekend. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.